Hello, everybody. This is Joshua Hatton with One Nation Under Whiskey Podcast. I'm joined today, and I'm joined, well, mostly as always, and actually I'm not really joined by him today. Uh, normally I'm joined by Jason Johnston Yellen, my my cohort, my business partner, my friend, my everything but my wife, well, my my work wife, my road wife. Normally I'm joined by him, but he is actually out in Scotland right now gallivanting around with uh, our beloved Jess, our sales manager out in the UK. And they are down in Campbelltown at the Watt Whiskey Festival, spent a little time up in Speyside, a bit of time in Glasgow, just, uh, oh, in Edinburgh as well, uh, just bopping around. And anyway, so here I am, left to my own devices to record this little intro to our first live podcast, first, well, live podcast since uh, COVID. And, and what's interesting about this one is our last live podcast uh, pre-COVID was with Drammers, and we return again live with Drammers, uh, this time in Chicago, or the first time was in New York. And what was really nice about this is this was an event that Drammer Chicago had put together for Single Cast Nation with our friend Ilhan and, and Michael Nolan, who I'm sure you've heard us mention his name many times. And uh, uh, Charlie, of course, Charlie Prince, uh, who runs Drammers internationally. And Elijah, our very own Elijah Ammon, uh, who runs Drammers Seattle. So it was a big Drammers event, uh, but they set it up specifically for Single Cask Nation in celebration of, well, really of us uh, having whiskey to sell. So for the past 10 years, we may have been a company for the past 11 years, but for the past 10 years, that's when we really started selling whiskey. So we thank them greatly uh, for putting this event on. It was really nice to get back out onto the road in front of people, recording a podcast, sharing drams with people, and... We got some surprises toward the end of this that uh, you're going to want to listen to. Uh, a little bit of fun, a little bit of cask selection, and then uh, a little blind tasting going on as well. Anyway, I uh, hope you enjoy this episode. Jason will be back with me next week for an episode of Extra Extra. It's all about whiskey. Uh, but until then, please enjoy this live podcast recording with Drammer celebrating 10 years of Single Cast Nation selling whiskey. And it was recorded live at Warehouse Liquors in Chicago in the top floor in the little uh, tasting room up there. Uh, and again, special thanks to our friends, not just with Drammer's, but to Warehouse Liquors as well, our dear friend Gene, uh, our Zach Rye, and of course, Armando. So here you go. This is us celebrating live. Everyone, uh, good evening and uh, welcome to Chicago Drammers. We're very excited tonight to have our good friends from Single Cast Nation to celebrate uh, 10 years of whiskey in the bottle, sharing with the nation. We're very excited to be here this evening, um, but before we get started, I want to a big special thank you to Zach and Gene. 
with uh, Warehouse Liquors. They've uh, graciously accommodated us here tonight. It's a beautiful space, and we're so glad to be here. Also, I'd like to introduce Charlie, Grammars International. If you've got any questions about Grammars anywhere in the world, talk to Charlie. And also, we have representing uh, Grammars Chicago's Elhan. So if you want, to, you want to talk about local chapter, please talk to Elhan. Get involved. We get together about six, every six weeks or so. so. And just so you know, uh, we have members of the club dialed in from all over the country online. That's what the camera's for here. And as we go, we'll try to, uh, uh, if they have questions, we'll try to feed it into this. So, hey. We have someone from Brazil. We have people from the West Coast, from New York, from all over. So, yeah. Um, to uh, introduce uh, the Single Cast Nation team, um, we have Elijah Amond. Elijah is with the, uh, uh, he's out of Seattle. He's also the head of Drammers Seattle. So he's a very busy man. Not only is he working for Single Cast Nation, but also for Drammers. Elijah's job is really uh, barrel picks, and he interfaces with various retailers, bars, clubs, which Charlie will talk about a little bit later. Another member of the team that couldn't be here tonight is uh, working from Scotland, and that's Jess Lomas. She's on vacation this week, so that's why she couldn't come out. Yeah, she's in Israel. Yeah, exactly. Um, now I'd like to introduce the founders of this fine company who have been uh, providing us with just incredible drams for 10 years now. Uh, I'm very blessed to count them as good friends. Uh, Indeed. Nods head vigorously. <laughs> the first man here, uh, you're going to say, Michael, this man uh, does not have a Midwest accent. <laughs> Mr. Jason Johnston Yellen. Yep. Still, I'm still your son, so you it still, <laughs> still remains. We both got our hair cut and our beards trimmed. Well, after COVID, yeah. <laughs> I thought you were going to say below the belt buckle. Take it easy. Yeah. Slow down. <laughs> we haven't drunk yet. Then our friend from Connecticut who, uh, if you get him going about Connecticut pizza, he'll never, ever stop. Because it's the best pizza. Why don't we, why don't we just sit down and have a talk about <laughs> Mr. Joshua Hatton. Joshua, you know you're in Chicago, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, cheers to Michael. I know my, yeah, yeah Cheers, Michael Nolan. A lot of applause. So one thing that we didn't tell Charlie, though he, he found out this, this afternoon or this, this evening, is initially this was just going to be a, a 10-year Single Cast Nation celebration, but we decided to make it a live podcast recording. So the last live podcast recording we did was Drammers New York, February 2020, and then March 2020, then happened. And so the first, the return back to a live podcast is with Drammers. So please give a really loud round of applause for Drammers, please. Does this mean we can't talk about whiskey for another 30 minutes? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. How do you feel about bourbon? <laughs> All right. So I got to kick it off. You do. All right. Hello, everybody. This is Joshua Hatton. With what, how do I do it? <laughs> Just imagine you're in your All office right, 
these people are not here. Nobody is. Okay, I'll FaceTime you and then we can do this. Hello, everybody. This is Joshua Hatton with One Nation Under Whiskey Podcast. I want to sing Islands in the Stream. Yeah. You know what? Let's just talk about Single Cast Nation and talk about a little whiskey. How about that? Yeah, 10 years. 10 years. Thank you, Elijah, for pouring. Does everybody have a dram? So for our friends online, we are tasting the 27-year-old Strathclyde. Uh, This is from a first fill bourbon barrel, 46.7% alcohol. Natalie and Liz are holding up a bottle of it in their... Hey! Oh! I'm sending you virtual hugs and kisses, Natalie. Bless them. 27-year-old Strathclyde, it's, it's one of those interesting things in leading tastings and going out and about in the world is a lot of tastings traditionally started with the youngest whiskey and moved their way to the oldest. And the thing I tell people continually in tastings is that was to get money out of your pocket, right? <laughs> right? The, the, the 25 is better than the 21, is better than the 18, is better than the 15, is better than the 12. And so it's all aspirational, right? Oh, I can only afford, oh gosh, back in the day, Joshua. Hi, when did you get here? Oh, okay. So back in the day. Hi, everyone. And so back in the day, you would go from, my seat can't go any lower, Charlie was giving me into trouble for the angles for his camera, for the drammers at home. I, this is on its lowest setting, and Elijah increased the height of your stool so that we're sitting. Wow. <laughs> so, wow. So that we're eyeballing each other. 5'9 is average, I'm 5'10 and one quarter. <laughs> and we know where the quarter goes. Go easy. Always the one quarter with you. And so, really, for a tasting, what you want to be doing is starting with the softest starting with the most delicate and then working your way through uh, more challenging pours, more dramatic pours. I'm trying to use the word dram as much as I can since I'm at drammers. Is anybody picking up on that? Well, I was saying earlier, your hair is too short for you to call dram golf. We have failed. We have failed. All right. You're being dramatic. Just continue, please. How How do we feel about grain whiskey? All right, so just so everybody's aware, a thumbs up doesn't do well on a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Paul. Yeah, so 27-year-old Strathclyde. Strathclyde is from your, not your hometown, but not not too far from you, right? Neck of the Woods, absolutely. Oh, this is not the thing. Glasgow? Uh, Yeah, 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 yeah. Strathclyde. What month did you say? August? I didn't say a month. August of I 93. I said August. It's, it's young Elijah's birth month. There you go. This, this is a year that he is looking out for. I didn't know children were born in 93. Was anybody here born in 1993 or later? I was born in 88. Okay. No, that makes sense. I mean, I don't know why it makes sense, but I'm just... You know. Yeah, now, see, there you go. This is just how I ID people. But I can't do math because apparently 1993 wasn't 10 years ago like we all think it was. It's true. It's true. My, my youngest, born in 2010, May of 2010, just turned 12, which means any cask we find from May of 2010 or 2010 writ large is either, has either turned 12 or is becoming 12 later this year. Wow. 2010. 
What were you doing in 2010? I was an old bugger in 2010. You know what I was doing in 2010? Me? No, that's the wrong answer. I meant <laughs> partnership. Partnership, yes. yes. Yeah, Me so, came out very wrong. So very I, called, wrong. I, called, I called Jason, um, well, I won't tell you what I called him, but I called him on Thanksgiving Day 2010 with an idea to start an independent bottling company. And I went through the whole rigmarole. This is my idea. This is uh, what this is what I think. I thought you said I went do. through my whole Rolodex and then I got to the Y in Yelling. <laughs> the Y in Yelling. And this was the last bugger I could have. I was like, I should skip it and go straight to the Z, but you know. And uh, and so I t- so I tell him that this idea of starting an independent bottling company, and his response was, "That's really good. You should do that." You don't want to quote my exact words? Oh, what were your exact words? My exact words were, that's a million dollar idea. Back before I knew how hard it was to make a million dollars. But you didn't understand that I was asking you to be a part of no, it. No, that's why I said to you, that's a million dollar yeah, idea. Like, yeah. Joshua's going to be rich. I'm going to drink good whiskey at your house. I'm not rich. <laughs> Ooh, it got quiet. <laughs> Everybody's not rich. Let's leave. Um, I'm sort of whiskey company in three easy steps. <laughs> yeah. So are we enjoying the Strathclyde 27-year-old? Yeah. yeah. Oh, there we go. Mm. Yes. Audible. And the crowd came alive. How is, how is the online enjoying the Strathclyde 27? Yeah. People are holding up bottles of, uh, of their own uh, single castation green whiskeys, and David and Aaron oh. say that Aaron was born in 1999. So oh, there you go. <laughs> okay, we got a 1999 birth online. All right. Since, you know, if this is the 10-year anniversary observed uh, party, uh, and maybe not everyone knows, is there any chance you could, you could tell us, kind of go a little more of the origin story? You were touching on yeah. it at the beginning. You called and said this idea, but you have that idea now, here we are, 10 years later with all these bottles. That's, that's, I feel like we skipped a few steps. Step one, call Jason. Step two, talk to lawyers. Step three, profit. It's, it's a story as old as time. It's, yeah, it's, a, it's one of those interesting things where obviously Joshua had the idea. I was very comfortable teaching philosophy. And by comfortable, I mean I was happy with my life. I was not financially comfortable teaching philosophy. Uh, and, so, and so this idea of, well, we like whiskey. We could pull this off, we could do this, we know people in the industry. And then we started talking to people in the industry and saying things like, could we get some casks from you? And then those people saying, I don't sell casks. And us saying, but you're in the whiskey industry, how can you not sell casks? And they said, because I'm a brand ambassador and I live in a city in America. Like, you're a crazy person. However, yes, there was one brand ambassador who did have a direct line to cask sales. And there is a reason that the Aaron finished almost a double maturation. Almost a double, well, definitely a double Definitely a double maturation. Yeah. I can't remember what we've bottled. Eight years, so. four years. Right. Yeah. Fuck it. Fuck that's it. a double maturation. Fuck it. Oh, Fuck it, dude, dude, that's oh, your that's attitude. That's, that's your attitude. They... Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Big Lebowski. That's... Do what your parents did. Get a job. So, My wife has this brilliant New Yorker cartoon. There's two people, honestly, they're white men, standing at a bar. And uh, one of them says, anything. And the other one says, that reminds me of a scene in The Big Lebowski. <laughs> this is our life. This is our life. Continually. Yeah. Continually. Yeah. So get back to the whiskey. So, so Andy, 
Andy Hogan, mm -hmm. um, was at Aaron. Andy had told us that there was Pinot Noir finishing happening at uh, Aaron Distillery. Hold uh, on, back yeah, it up. Yeah, We're going to back it up. So this is, we haven't told anybody this story, actually. Okay. So we, we had connected with Andy Hogan from Isle of Aaron Distillers, and first he had said, I have got some serious casks for you. And he gave us samples of Aaron matured in Calvados. Do you remember that? Yes. Yes. So Aaron matured in Calvados, and it tasted like Calvados, not like whiskey. And so at the time we had said, you know what, we're going to pass on that. What else do you have? And that's when he offered the, uh, the Pinot Noir finished casks. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Interesting. And then five years later, we went back to them to see if we could buy those Calvados casks. What? Yes? What word are you saying? Calvados. Calvados, Calvados. It's an apple brandy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, sorry. I just threw out a spirit, a totally obscure spirit type and assumed everybody knew it. Sorry. Yeah. And, and so we went back to them and asking if we could buy one of those casks. And they had just made that part of their annual music and malt festival bottling. Mm -hmm. And so we couldn't get them. Mm -hmm. So we missed Isn't that. Isn't that wild? Yeah. But also remember, they, they must have had maybe... Six, seven, eight, nine Pinot Noir casts. Yep. And we tasted through half of them. And it's, it's so interesting within the industry when you get told, these are all sister casks. They're interchangeable. Just taste them as you see fit. Pick whatever one you want. And it's just not the case, right? The, the distillate can go in on the same day. It can go into the exact same cask type that's at the same number of uses. It can sit in the same place in the warehouse and something completely individualistic can come out of that cask. I tell that story because that was Kilholman, right? That was our, you know, we launched with Aaron, Kilholman, and Ben Riach, a peated Ben Riach. And so f to be told a Kilholman, yeah, they're sister casks, just pick whichever one you want. They're all going to be the same, and they just were Wildly not. different. Yep. And I know we're sitting at... Warehouse Liquors, more in Chicago, but it makes me think of Binnie's. Binnie's released one of the sister casks. Yes, they did. Of our original Kilhoman. And it's, it's tasty. It's good. But I remember why we said no to it. Right? It was, Still bought it, a bottle. It was different. They also <laughs> bottled it, what, a year after? A year after, yeah. Right? And so it had changed. It had evolved. It was not the same whiskey. And so, you know, we, I tried to be careful perhaps Joshua tries to be careful of not waxing too lyrical, not falling too much into the mythology of whiskey and certainly single casks. Mm -hmm. and, and there is a lot of, of mythology around finding casks in dark corners of warehouses and crawling over casks and nobody has tasted this since the day the new make went into the cask. And, and just like starting with the youngest whiskey and ending with the oldest whiskey, in a tasting, it's just designed to get money out your pocket. But, but, with that said, it is true that single casts are different. We've, we've tried our best never to use the word unique. And yeah. I'm sure if you're a, an SCN nerd, aficionado, geek, and you go into the archives, I'm sure we've used it somewhere. But we try not to use it. What we describe single casks as are singular moments in time. 
where when we released the Kilhoman four-year-old, mm -hmm. either people would say to us, I'm not tasting that. <laughs> Please keep it down, Nolan. Sorry. I'm trying to record a podcast here. This is pro, pro level is happening over here. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I nearly got a bit Christian Bale on you there. I was starting to feel it. I was warming up. You should tell them about where that Pinot cast from Aaron is today. We should tell them where the Pinot... Yes, oh, we will. Okay, yes, let's we circle will. back we'll to, to that. that. Let's yeah, circle back yeah. to that. That's good. So, okay, I know. I don't know where it is. Your house, probably. Your, your, your basement. Um, all right, so what was I saying? Singular moments in time, right? And people with that Kilhoman four-year-old would come up and say, I'm not tasting that. That's not whiskey, right? Could you imagine as we sit here in 2022, somebody saying they're not going to taste a four-year-old Kilhoman, right? Andrew Miller, the champagne of people, is shaking his head to say that is ridiculous. And so, so people, would also, people who did try it would say, oh, that's really good. Could you imagine that at eight? Well, no. We're drinking it right now at four. Like this is this is fucking cracking, right? This is this is delicious, and so and so th that's one of the things I would say we've tried to do over ten years. Is right? Who knows where you'd be at eight? Right? C casks can go off cliffs with, without you know any any notice, any warning. So we've always pitched single casks as singular moments in time that are just capturing where that distillery is right now in front of us. Yeah, I've always compared it to a, a picture of your kid or a friend or, or a parent or what have you. You always have to take that second picture because guaranteed they look high as fuck in the first picture. <laughs> so you take the second picture, right? And so there's your moment in time. And so just like Jason had said- It is legal in Connecticut, right? Oh yes, yeah, legal in Connecticut. Not at four years old, though. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, yeah. gotcha, gotcha. And and now I'm with you. Now I get the analogy, right? Okay. But but you know there have been instances, and, and just really quickly, a, a more recent uh, example of our Catoctin Creek, Virginia Rye, two years in New Chard Oak, two years in a PX cask. Heads are nodding in the room. They're nodding. Yes, that's good. Then two years in a PX sherry cask that previously held Kilhoman, and. The first taste after a few months, well, that's okay. All right, starting to do things. The second one, was that the bad one? We try not to use the word bad, Joshua, when we're talking about friends. <laughs> friends of ours who operate yes, uh, distilleries. It, it wasn't rising to the, to the challenge. Not sure we say it like that. It wasn't where we expected it to be, and it was a little bit disjointed. It would, there you go, there you go. Pro level. But then over two years, the whiskey was doing this, right? Aging is not a linear thing. Just like Jason was saying, as whiskey gets older, it doesn't mean it gets better. It just gets more expensive. So the aging really does this. And we just captured... Perfect on a podcast. Oh, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> does I'm this. Does hand gesture. For people who grew up in the 80s, I'm popping and locking. Um, so... <laughs> and apparently disjointing. And apparently disjointing. <laughs> And so the point is, we try to capture casks when we think it's delicious. We select for ourselves and our own palates in the hopes that you, the whiskey enjoyer, appreciate our... What are you doing? I think that was a What's sneeze happening? from Elijah sneeze? and not a giggle from Elijah. I sure hope it was a sneeze and not a giggle. Wow, a scoff. sounded like a scoff. <laughs> right. so, I think you might be right there, so Charlie. Listen, we wow. could talk and talk and talk, Controversial. but we have whiskey in the glass. And pour number two is a 16-year-old 
from the Westport Distillery. Actually, it's not the Westport Distillery. We can't say what distillery it's from. So allow me to, to ease us in, and then you'll give the game away wholeheartedly. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. go ahead. But, but one of the interesting things... Go slow. <laughs> Be gentle. <laughs> Prison shoulders. I'm thinking about my childhood baseball team. That's very wrong. I shouldn't, I shouldn't have said that. The one I cheered for as a younger man. Yes, yeah, okay. Thank you. And so when Joshua and I first started talking whiskey, for the most part... Joshua and I have very similar palettes. And as we got into the business of selecting casks and building a membership and building a nation, there were things that we obviously fell in love with and, and oh, yeah. put out together and signed off on. And, and one of the things that's always interesting to me is Joshua and I have a very different relationship with his favorite distillery. It's not my favorite distillery. Well, well, ten years ago. Ten years ago was okay. It, right? Okay. Yeah, but, okay. but I still have. I'm okay. passionate about it. I still love it. See, this reminds me of a time when I was a much younger man, and I and I would watch the show Friends with my friends, and my grandmother got wind of me watching the show Friends with my friends. All right. And every Christmas for the next five years, she bought me a Friends-related gift, <laughs> and I did not enjoy those gifts because. Other things happened in my yeah. life. I moved on. I moved away. This is getting controversial. The crowd is starting to turn right now. That <laughs> anybody would have the audacity to turn away from Ross and Rachel, but I did. I did turn away from them. Right? Will they? So, won't they? Yes. Yeah. I feel like I'm doing what oh. my grandmother did, and so I'm. They, they were on a break. They, they were on a break. Yeah. So are you in Glenmorangie? Oh, oh uh, are you in Glenmorangie on a break? I yeah. Glenmorangie and I are. Well, we just see, we're like friends with benefits, right? <laughs> I'm not married to that distillery. You're only over the brickwork? I'm a, <laughs> exactly. Don't touch the still. It's very, very um, burning. Charlie raised his hand. You need a microphone. You can't talk without a microphone. So uh, if it's an appropriate time, maybe we could get some tasting notes from our friends in Seattle. Yeah. Let's see if this actually works. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So far, so bad. Natalie and Liz, would you do the honor? Oh, I don't know if it's going to work. Oh, no. All right, never mind. I'll just read the notes. Uh, I can't wait to edit that out of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> this was the point at which you were going to hear from Natalie and Liz. And then elevator music. That was a great idea, Charlie. Um, I'll just Girl read it. Girl Ipanema just pops on. So <laughs> Natalie and Liz, who no doubt would say this more eloquently than I, say that uh, they get a big hit of coffee in the back of their throat from the Strathclyde and that the palate is mostly herbal honey. Ooh. Ooh, an audible ooh from the crowd. Yeah. All right. There you go. You I can see why list. you wanted to I'm, hear that. I'm going to stop screwing up the audio and let you guys get back to doing this. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, thank you to Natalie and Liz for the notes via Charlie. But, but it's one of those things that, that's always been of interest to me is that we can have such similar palates for the selecting of casks and yet you can have a relationship with a distillery like Glenmorangie that's radically different from my relationship. And then we can have a selection like this, Westport, wink, that's then, you know, I, I love this. I, I think this is a wonderful example of Glenmorangie. So what was it that drew you to Glenmorangie 10 years ago? What was so attractive? So actually what drew me to Glenmorangie 
15 years ago was, it was the first whiskey that taught me how to taste whiskey. Hmm. I was drinking because the whiskey had a sweetness or a spice or, or a smokiness, and that was it. That's all I could detect. And then I remember sitting down, watching TV with my wife, and I had Glenmorangie Nectar Door, the Sauterne cask finish one. Lovely whiskey. And I changed the way I held the whiskey in my mouth. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, I started tasting apricot and graham crackers and all of these flavors that were, were hitting me left, right, and center. And I said, wait a second, there's more to it than, than just, you know, simpler tasting notes, which is just fine too, right? That's, it's okay to like a whiskey because, man, that's a good bourbon or, man, that's a good Isla, right? But I could all, all of a sudden taste flavors, and that's what drew me in. Interesting. That's why I have the connection. Interesting. So certainly as we're selecting casts, we're pinging back and forth on flavors, on textures. As you were talking there, you talked about you know, holding that whiskey in your mouth. This Westport has the type of texture that we look for in casts that we select for single cast nation. And one of the things we've said, you talk about a million idea, dollar idea and talk about things you say a million times. A lot of, of independent bottlers look for color in whiskey. Whiskey needs to be whiskey colored whiskey, right? In Scotland, we talk about an iron brew color. Uh, here you could talk about a Dr. Pepper color. I don't know, it's a very different color. Yeah. But Mr. Pibbs, Mr. Moxie. Pibbs, right? God, there's a whole line of them now. RC but, Cola. RC. <laughs> I like how we've made it onto Loch Do coloring now, right? <laughs> like we've gone from Iron Brew to Loch Do. So, Loch Doom. So, and so we've never, we've never chased whiskey colors. And, and as the bottles sit beside us here, perfect for the podcast, there are a range of tones here, there are a range of colors here, but a deal breaker for Joshua and I is texture. And if a whiskey does not have texture on the palate, it could be as clear as water. We haven't said no to it yet. If it's got no texture on the palate, that relationship is over. And so to hear you talk about that being one of the things that drew you to, mm. uh, I nearly said Glenfiddich just for shits and giggles, but to Glenmorangie 15 years ago, if you're keeping score at home, 15 years yeah. ago, um, back when you were six, yeah, back when I was six. What a time to be alive. Back when my first daughter was born. 1993. That's when you start drinking, when you start having kids, right? <laughs> You're not sleeping, so. <laughs> You're not sleeping. What else are you going to do? There's a lot of kids home alone tonight. Oh, we have a question from uh, somewhere. Charlie? No, this was actually for me. I'm curious, because now that we're 11 years into this relationship, right? And it is, in a lot of ways, like a marriage. Was there ever a seven-year itch? <laughs> Oh, right. We launched retail in year seven. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, and this part, one had... you know, Partly that was, when we started, it was just around the time that distilleries were stopping direct sales. Um, Springbank famously tell us, if you'd come to us the year before, <laughs> That's anybody hearing that at home? That is Michael Nolan once again. That's, drink some water, Michael Nolan, or some whiskey if you can find any. 
This is because Bonnie said you're not allowed to get drunk tonight. You're not drinking any whiskey for that frog in your throat. That's the problem. It's a protest. Bonnie's rejecting the water. <laughs> no, Tamara has taught me you never blame the wife for anything, ever. He's his own man. I know that. Um, and so, so, when, so, yeah, so Springbank famously said, if you'd come to us last year, we would have sold you cast. This year, we're not selling to you. And then we kind of kept going through the industry, and we knew that if we could build this business over the first five years, we knew that all of these stills being turned on across the industry in 2005, 2006, 2007, 2008, we would reach a point where we would start to see more casks being available to us again. So we knew if we could hang on for five years. Once we then, so that would have been about 2015, 2016. Correct. Once we then got into 2017, actually the, the end of 2016, yep. we were being offered more casks than we could simply sell into the nation, which is how we describe the online component of single cast nation. So we were getting, gaining access to more casks there and so we needed another avenue for them. We needed another place to put them. And the fact that that then came in year seven, I think it satisfied an itch uh, that we had for expansion. See, I thought you were gonna say, you know, after year seven and before, that was all over the clothes stuff. Well, there's, there's a reason why I got itchy. Yeah, okay. I took off a wool sweater. Well, I remember like, did there any point in the last 11 years where you guys like, I'm sick of this guy? Charlie, we've answered the question. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about getting sick of a guy. <laughs> that's the Lord. That, no, it's, no that's, it's, it's a good question. No, I, I, I don't think that we've ever even fought about a single issue. We've had disagreements. There's no doubt about it. And Jason's been wrong multiple times. <laughs> multiple times. Only Multiple times. Only one of us has ever used a veto for a cask selection. Oh. Only one of us is the CEO. <laughs> <laughs> and only one of us had Bill Thomas at Jack Rose say, Joshua was wrong to veto that cask. Oh. Checkmate. There you go. <laughs> 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 yeah. yeah. How many marriages have you broken up, Charlie? This divorce will be televised. <laughs> oh, yeah, hold on. I got to finish this. But, but no, it, it is true. And, and one of the things we, we've said, and again, as part of that origin story, is when Joshua made that phone call Thanksgiving of 2010, he and I had been friends for six months. And so we'd only been friends for six months. And then we entered into this, you know, million dollar business together that just started printing money from day one. Yeah, Phenomenally. Phenomenally. How long did it take us to sell our Kilhoman? The only independently bottled Kilhoman with the Kilhoman name on it. How long did it take us? 23 months. 23 months. How much did we sell it for? $95. Was it 95? It was 75? 75? I don't think so. You've Maybe you're right. I, I, I've learned I need to trust other people because I'm getting real old and forgetty. So. 75. So. Benria. No, because the Glenelgin 18. Oh, this yeah, is all getting Glen edited. Out that's of the right. No. The Glenelgin 18 was part of the second release, and that was 148. And that and was the that, most expensive. That was one the most. We released, I yeah. feel like 140 was the Benria yeah. 17 year old. 
So there you go, drummers. You're welcome to that little trip down pricing memory lane <laughs> that nobody in this room gives a fuck about except for the three of us. <laughs> Cheers to all of you. Before we move on, I just wanted to tie a bow to the Westport. As Mr. Yeah. Glenmorangie 15 years ago, what do, you, what do you think of that Westport selection? So what I, what I loved about this Westport, and I've got to be honest, we've been tasting Westport single casks since the beginning, d despite Jason fighting me every inch of the way. All of them were really interesting, but what I wanted to do for Single Cast Nation was have a bottling that really represented that distillery and held true to the style. And most of the other ones, I mean, one of the good things about an independent bottling company is you're meant to bottle whiskey that's supposed to be a bit different from what the distillery does. Yeah. And so had that been my remit on this distillery, then we would have bottled a Westport a long time ago. But I really wanted something that was true to the uh, distillery character and also had a bit more texture to it. Because like Jason said, we are texture guys first and foremost. And that particular distillery, which has the tallest stills in Scotland, doesn't have the heaviest texture. This did for whatever reason. So that's why I picked that one. Yeah, we're looking at a second fill Oloroso sherry, but on this one, we also put a truncated label tasting note. Because it's retail, it's gonna be sitting on a shelf. We wanna have a few words in someone's ear uh, when they pull this down off a shelf. And because it's called Westport, and we're not allowed to say the distillery name, and thankfully haven't this evening. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the truncated label note says the tallest stills in the industry are prevalent here with a soft, subtle, sophisticated sweetness that allows the sherry oak an opportunity to shine with pleasantly drying and nutty notes that balance the overall sweetness of the spirit. There he you wrote go. that about me, actually. <laughs> and then I blow out the candle and you go off to sleep. <laughs> it's just as simple as that. That's what we do. So yeah, it's a it's a cracking cast. Anybody like the Westport? Yeah. There we go. There we go. Got some nods, right. some thumbs. All right. Claps. I like that. There we go. So we're on we're on whiskey number three. And how many hours are we into this now? Yeah. So this is our our Linkwood twelve year old. And give a, give a good look at the color on this whiskey. Would you this, say it was gin like? <laughs> I'd say it's like a barrel aged gin. Uh, it's real pale. This is from a sherry butt, but it's from a refill sherry butt. And so I always talk about, and Jason's gonna, oh. I may get in trouble for this one. I always talk about casks. I compare casks to tea bags. Suitable response. Suitable response. In that, if you're, you wake up for your morning tea and you, and you use a tea bag, you're teabagging your water. Yeah. The first time you use that teabag, the color's nice and dark, the flavor is really rich, and you've got a wonderful cup of tea. If you may have run out of tea and need to make that bag go a long way, well, you, you, you do it again, right? You steep it again, but you have to steep it longer to get more flavor, and you still won't get as much color as you did the first time. And if you go a third time, you're just getting hot water. So a cask is kind of similar in the that number the, first... in the number of people in this room right now smirking <laughs> while trying to be very serious whiskey connoisseurs 
is really quite telling, but you're pulling it off. Yeah. Well done. Yes, thank They're pulling it off, not me. Well done, them. Uh, and so, like a tea bag. He said it again. <laughs> this is a refill. So this is a third use cask. So even after 12 years of being in the cask, the spirit has not taken on any of the color of the wood because the color is pretty tired. It's not taking on much of the, the sherry cask influence, again, because the wood is pretty tired. But what we loved about this is the wood stepped back and let the spirit shine, the natural fruitiness of Linkwood. And if you've had, Link, raise your hand, or scream, shout at the rooftops if you've had Linkwood before. Yes! Yeah. Alright, rooftops. Uh, that was very good. And so the standard linkwood you would get would be a Gordon McPhail linkwood. They've got their 15 year and they've got their 25 year in beautiful dark rich colors. And that's typically the way you experience linkwood. Dark rich sherry. So we wanted to show another style of linkwood that you don't often get to experience and that was more spirit forward. 100%. I think Linkwood is an absolutely cracking little dram. The brightness in it, the freshness in it. And I've, again, I've, I've said everything on the podcast that is a, able to be said poorly. Yeah, it sounds poorly. like Joshua was saying it. More poorly this time. <laughs> but my now 12-year-old, Mr. 2010 himself, loves Linkwood. And, and he, he's not a drinker of this stuff. Please don't get me wrong. Um, but he loves the nose. He loves the brightness, right? He loves the presence of that fruit. And I, and I just, I think Linkwood, there's a word, when we lead whiskey tours of Scotland, there's a word we hear going around distilleries that isn't the best word, but I understand why they say it. You hear the word consistency. And every distiller is talking about consistency. And I feel like when you get into the world of Linkwood, they have nailed consistency. Yes. That spirit from year to year to year is incredibly consistent. And you are looking for the cask to make the difference. Mm -hmm. And so even this refill Oloroso Sherry Butt, just like we experienced on the second fill with our Westport, is allowing, as you rightly say, Joshua, that spirit to come through, to shine through. And, I, and it allows us to make the point, and you can, not for those listening, but for those in the room, if you look at the credenza over here, pulling out a $10 word, uh, it's probably not the right word, but you'll see how the pale sideboard. the linkwood is. Sideboard, pa, pa. It's a Davenport. Pa. And so having a bottle that pale speaks to us not having a commitment to Whiskey colored right, because, whiskey. Because the texture is there. And here's the thing as an independent bottler, we don't have the luxury of presenting a consistent spirit character, right? We're, we're not Kilhoman, we're not Lafroy, we're not Glenn Morangie to put out something that you can always rely on having a similar character style. So as an independent bottler, what, what do we make our name on? What is our calling card? And our calling card yeah. is texture first. Yeah. yeah. And, and then the C word. Consistency. Consistency. No? Consistency. Yeah. yeah. And then consistency, right? And so we're not looking for consistent flavors from cask to cask to cask, but we want to be consistent in the quality of our selections. So that if you're buying something online from a store shelf without tasting, 
you need to know. It's from Single Cast Nation. We're in good hands. Jason and Joshua have got us covered. Something's happening around me that's very distracting. <laughs> very distracting. Sorry. Question. We, oh, wait, no, you, you've got yeah, to come got here, a, though. We've got a mic for questions. Please come down. Yeah, if anybody has questions, please. Loving the story so far on texture. Cheers. Is there a certain texture that you find is really in your wheelhouse? Like, personally, I love a waxy mouthfeel, mm. which are kind of rare to, to come across. Mm -hmm. is, there, is there one for either of you? Oh, I love that question. You go first, Jason. Well, I'm actually going to tell a very quick story, which, which goes in line with this. That's brilliant. What was your name? Patrick. 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 Cheers, Patrick. Cheers, Patrick. We have a common friend in New Zealand, Colin the Plural Mayor. Yes. Colin the Pluralized Mayor. Colin mares. the Plural ah, Mayor. Woo, woo. Love it. Through Patrick. Cheers. <laughs> Global community. And, and so talking about that Benriac 17 that we fixed the price on earlier. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> When, when we first released that and we're pouring that at festivals or, or tastings, I would say to people, pay attention to the way the texture evolves here. It comes in quite creamy, and then as it dries, it becomes quite waxy. And people would kind of look at me and I would say, you know, like your tongue feels after you've licked a candle. And you're nodding your head, Patrick and Paul, and I bless you both for that. People would look at me like they'd never licked a candle before. <laughs> and uh, Bonnie's hands in the air. Who hasn't licked a candle in oh, their oh, life? Hasn't. Uh, oh, yeah, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so there's, there's an evolving texture for that release a decade ago. And so I, I loved being able to say that to people. And I do remember saying it to somebody at a, at a festival, at a tasting. And you could see that their mouth was, was doing exactly what I was describing. And it felt a little bit mystical in that moment. Like, how are you in my mouth? But <laughs> then, we're, then we're back to Joshua teabagging. So. Yeah. <laughs> so talk about texture. I can't follow that. <laughs> uh, yeah, I can only, you know, answer with like actual, I mean, that was actual shit, but you know, here we go. So, yeah, there's, I, oh, there you go, $95 for the Kilhoman. <laughs> for those of you that want to rewind the podcast back by uh, 145 for the Ben, ben Riach. Okay. We You're welcome, go, drummers. You're we welcome. We wanted to go 148 on the Glen Elgin because we were afraid to go past the 150 100%, mark. yeah, 100%. Yes, yes, 100%. yes, yes, yes. Uh, so, Patrick, I love a good, rich texture, and waxy, I think, can be wonderful. What I don't often find with waxy, though, is that kind of almost effervescent quality that comes along. And Serge Valentin, if anybody reads uh, Whiskey Fun, um, he always, he, he talks about that effervescent quality as a nervousness. And I like that. I, it, it makes me feel like the, like the whiskey's active. Like, like it's a- Pop rocks, moon rocks? Yeah, like pop rocks and moon rocks. And so I like that. So I like, I like that thicker texture, but a little bit of effervescence is really nice. And when I find that, I said, okay, th there may be something here. And when, and when we taste, this is, I don't know if we talk about this too often, but for, first we'll, we'll nose, like if we're selecting a cask, we'll nose the cask, see if we enjoy that nose ride, and we look for nasal texture. There is a thing called nasal texture. And we were... Vilified? Is vilified nope. the word? No. Nope. Um, retrified? No. 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 Martyred? No. We were no. martyred. No. Ridiculed? No. V validated. We were validated. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
60% of the time he works every time. <laughs> we, we went to, uh, to the Westland Distillery and we went into the tasting room and they have, you know, this seven or ten point thing that they follow when, they, when they're creating a whiskey. And one of the points is nasal texture. So really look for that. It's, it's, it's an interesting thing to look for. And when you discover nasal texture, you, you can't undiscover it. It's, it just becomes a thing, and you'll be looking for it every time. Anyway, oh. Um, so what the hell was I saying? Texture that you like. Texture that you I like. You answered it. It's my turn to answer the question. Vilified. <laughs> Storified. Storified. We, we didn't oh, start oh, the fire. Yeah, so, so the, the tasting portion, so when we're selecting casks, we nose it first, right? So we're looking for that... Do we like the nose? Does it have good nasal texture? And then when we go to taste it, we don't look for flavor at all. The first taste is texture and nothing else. And if we like the texture, then we'll focus on the flavor. Right? 100%. Okay. I, I really like juicy texture. <laughs> <laughs> you son of a bitch. Well, I started with a story, and then you riffed, and then I gave an answer. So, so we have a... And, and Patrick, thank you again for the question. If anybody has a question, just raise a hand and, and we'd love to have you on. Oh, yeah, come on yeah, down. Here we go. 1988. Come on down. Yeah, the next contestant on I Was Born in 1988. <laughs> <laughs> so this would be a two part question. Okay. Um, okay. Name, name first. My name is Frank. Hey, Frank. I'm Frank from Chicago. Uh, and it would be the first one, kind of a softball, but could be difficult for you. <laughs> Sally's. Frank Pepe's or modern. No, don't do it, Frank. And then along do it, with that. Don't do it, Frank. So good. Well, uh, the, the, the follow-up is you, love you, with you, you right now. You've bottled so many, you know, uh, casks over the years. Which bottle are you drinking while eating that slice? Mm. Whoa. Mm. Wow. That's... Frank, thank you. Are you from Connecticut, Frank? Uh, I got family in the East Coast. Okay, good. Those are good people. Yes, as are you. Thank you. Okay. So I like, um, we, I like that we keep asking people questions once they give us the microphone know, and walk away from it. So tell me this, good <laughs> sir or madam. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to paint outside the box, <laughs> and I'm going to say that bar is the better pizza. Oh, so oh. Bar, bar is on Crown, Frank's and it's making right across a face the street right now. from Louis' lunch where the hamburger was invented. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and they make a mashed potato pizza that is to die, is to kill for. <laughs> it's excellent. It's absolutely excellent. And what would I drink with a mashed potato pizza pie? You know what? I'm going to make Charlie really happy oh. here. A can of cream of mushroom soup? No. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Really quickly, Frank, before I answer this question... The last live podcast we did, again, was with Charlie, and we're done with the, with the podcast, and we're headed to the Comedy Cellar, and they said, oh, you've got to go to this artichoke pizza joint. <laughs> and so, you know what I'm talking about? No, but I like where this is <laughs> Yeah, you like where this is going? Okay. <laughs> and so we get a slice, and the slice was, you know, about the size of a small child. It was very big, and, and arguably not as delicious. Um, and, and it was like artichoke soup on, on matzah with, with, a, with shit crust. Charlie, what do you have to say for yourself? He's nodding so far. 
No, I mean, uh, we're Joe's Pizza guys at Drammers in New York, but uh, yeah, artichoke pizza is soup on bread. It's not pizza. Yeah, soup on bread. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. That was you. that was really bad. That was I'm rough. A, I'm a very generous pizza lover, and that was that did not work. That it's was soup tough. on bread. If you like soup and bread, it's good, but I wouldn't compare it to pizza. <laughs> so, to answer your question about which whiskey I would pour, I'm going to make Charlie happy because it would actually be a bourbon. Hey, who called it? Someone called it out here. There Michael Bloom go. called it. It's going to so, be a bourbon. Yeah, so I, I would do a wild turkey with it. That's what I would do. Get, get some of that spice, and specifically a nutty one, to go against the buttery um, mashed potato. Oh, man. Ooh. Heaven. I'm glad we caught this coming out moment on camera. This is good. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome. We, we were always waiting for you, Joshua. <laughs> with open arms. There are people hanging up on the Zoom as we speak. There are people walking out the back door of this room. That's... So we have another whiskey in our glass for people. By the way, oh. Vino writes that some of the worst pizza he ever had was with you two in Glasgow at 2 a.m. <laughs> yeah, it checks. It was deep fried. I guarantee it was deep fried. <laughs> I don't know. Was I meant to give an answer to Frank's question? It, was, it was, oh. seemed very oh, Joshua yeah, yeah. He specific. It, he, he, yes, Frank is clapping his hands and giving the two thumbs up. The trouble is I didn't actually think about an answer before I asked if I could answer, so... I, too, would choose a... No, that's... Um, what, what, would, what would I do with that potato pizza? Something came to mind and then it left me again, which is kind of how my days go now. This is great for the podcast, isn't it? I can't remember what kind of pizza I like. I would drink our Bonahaven 28-year-old... Oh? ...with that pizza. That would work. Because there's a delicate smokiness that plays off the heavy weight of the potato pizza. Lovely. Pulled that out of my ass, didn't I? Yeah, yeah well. <laughs> and well it didn't that stink. Way. That's the crazy hey, thing. Hey, muzzle. All right. Number one, stick your nose in this glass and tell me you do not get Funyuns. I was going to say, don't leave the witness. Yeah. Garlic, Funyuns. Garlic? Like fermented garlic. Okay. Okay, Gil says fermented garlic. Tru- Garlic truffle fries, says Andrew Miller, the champagne of people. (laughs) Beef jerky jerky. from Zach. Zach. I like caramelized bacon. Ooh. It is. (laughs) (laughs) The call has come out from the huzzled masses. Yeah. So Elijah, not to lead the witness too much, Elijah pointed to the ABV on this before wandering around to pour it. Don't put naked lights near this one. Don't put naked anything near this one. There we go. Paul says, don't even get the ABV after smelling this one. Is this, is this one, when, you, when people are nosing this, is it stabbing your nose? Does it, does it burn your nose? No. It does. It doesn't. It doesn't hurt. Okay. If, if a whiskey ever does do that, and... and and I would argue this one doesn't, at least for me. But I always give a little puff of air into the glass. Just a little. Because that's going to dissipate the, the alcohol that's stabbing your nostrils. Don't, don't, don't. <laughs> so we got uh, Gil, Gil Matar. I, I, I hate to say this, but it sort of on the nose reminds me of the famous Sex Panther scene oh. from yes. Ron Burgundy, yes. Anchorman. You've got my attention. It stings yes. the nostrils. <laughs> <laughs> And, uh, so long as you didn't use the line about Vindaloo in a diaper, then that's, that's yeah. 
And uh, on... Burnt hair. <laughs> we got Charlie over here. Online, uh, Natalie and Liz in Seattle say they're getting mushrooms and onion jam. Mm. And uh, Elisa and Adam in Los Angeles say they get socks on this. Mm. What type of socks? Yeah, well, what type of socks, yeah, Elisa and Adam? You got to be more specific here. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes it's dirty gym socks. Mm. And then Natalie and Liz add balsamic on the nose and everything bagel. Mm. There you go. Everything bagels. I love going to that bagely place because you get some of that yeastiness from it. <laughs> Elijah mouthing, I love this, pointing at his glass from the sidelines. Because he lost his voice before we even started recording today. Sure. Not sure I believe him. Sure. Not sure I believe him. So what are we thinking of this whiskey here? Tell Make me a loud pun. noise if you don't like it. <laughs> Whoa. So this, oh, I get, we got a... Eh. Got a couple of squeaks. Some squeaks. Good. Thank you. This one, this is one of the, the, the few times where we've picked a cask and we said, there's a good chance some people will not like this. Right? Like we did with our Westland. Uh, 100%. Is this also the Krigeliki that we selected it and then months went by and it came into the country and you got a bottle at your house and you called me up, texted me and said... This is not the Krigeliki we selected. 100%. Is this one? Yes. So you remember this being dirtier peat yes. on this. Correct. And then it came in really pungent and oniony. And yeah. I love the onion jam note oh, yeah. uh, from Natalie and Liz, of course. Yeah. That's a, that's a spot on note. We've got another thing from Charlie Gosh. here. Yes, this, Charlie. Uh, so Ezra actually mentioned this, but she's 100% spot on. Did I ever make you guys try the Chopin? The potato distillate, where they only distill it once, up to 60%, the Modi Jemniak. This tastes they've, ex they've exactly it. like that. Oh, oh interesting. Wow. A potato distillate up to 60%. It's single. It's essentially would be a vodka, but single yeah. distilled up to 60%. They call it Modi Jemniak in Poland. Huh. Wow. And uh, this, it, Ezra nailed it. It tastes exactly like this. Wow. Well done, Ezra. Who's Ezra? Give us a wave. Yeah, who's... Oh, all right. Well done. It's like single potato nation. Gosh, you got my... <laughs> you got a young Celtic man in front of you. I'll, I'll take anything potato. That's, young? Gosh. And Once it came out of my mouth, I knew I'd said the wrong word, but in for a penny, old fuck. Are we back to the teabagging? Sorry, go on, Charlie. Josh in Did Connecticut... Did we ever leave it? Josh in Connecticut says, uh, not sure about the rest of you, but the Krigelki is his favorite so far. He loves the savory notes. Yeah. Beauty. Yeah. I think savory is the, the note of the day. Yeah. This... Is this the one that on the notes? I don't know if we talked about the ramen on this one. Oh, this is a long truncated. You know, you know we've enjoyed a cask when it gets a long truncated tasting note. Um, known for its typically heavy style of whiskey, this Krigeliki falls right into line. Its departure, however, I'm just, I enjoyed that because I was on a plane today and tomorrow. Um, its departure, however, is in the heavily peated character of this spirit. Dank, we celebrate when we get to write dank in any tasting note. It makes us very happy. Followed by nugs sometimes. <laughs> dank and pungent with earthy smoke, however. Oh, however, don't fret. Rich fruits, an oily mouthfeel, and a bread-like malty backbone remain. Then we feed right into the bagel note. Uh, as yeah. mentioned by Natalie and Liz again, right? Beauty. Theirs is an everything bagel, mine's an onion bagel. They've got onion jam on their everything bagel. And we actually never said the, uh, I don't know if I can. Oh, yeah. 
Uh, I, I don't know if I can read the ABV. What ABV? What, what do you think the ABV is here? G- give it a shout. 64.3. Okay. 64. <laughs> 67 okay. says the champagne. <laughs> Did you tell him? Anybody else? Anybody else want to take a guess at the ABV? One. 46 in the back. 46. 46 in the back. Okay, so 46 in the back. Patrick, Patrick, right? Yep. Says 1%. He's taking the prices Price right. Prices right approach. rules. Yeah, yeah, that checks yeah. out. Can't lose for going over. <laughs> Do you know the answer? I, I know it's high. Yeah. It is 67.3. 67.3. And right, and this, ladies and gents, this gets us back to the texture. This is why we enjoy texture, because that rich, oily texture protects your tongue. That's what we're looking for. That's how you can drink a 67.6 without igniting on fire immediately. It is, it's the oils. We are, we're about to pour the penultimate whiskey. Can I heckle a little bit here? Because this is, this is a big moment, right? The 10 year anniversary observed. And, and we have, Thank you for that. We have uh, very little reflections on the last 10 years in, in the last half hour. Can we, can we look back a little bit? What's the barrel that got away? What's, uh, what was the, the path not taken that you almost did? Let's, let's take a bigger uh, look back. This is, uh, this is a big moment. To hell with this whiskey. <laughs> He's lovely. I like him. I like that Charlie a lot. We... We did lose at least one cast. No, no, actually multiple. We lost some audience members. I think we lost some audience members too. <laughs> Those were Joshua's words, not mine. Yeah. Scottish people don't speak like that. Connecticut, <laughs> you and Frank. <laughs> so, but, so we did. So we've lost, we've lost a, a few casts, but we'll continue that story later in the year. Um, <laughs> but, we, but we did. We, we had a Glenn Murray that we selected that we loved that was fruity, was ex-bourbon. Remarkable. Did exactly what we always wanted Glenn Murray to do. And they accidentally released it and it went into just one of their vattings for one of their aged malts. So diluted down to 40%, 43%. So. Yes. But, but then they, they had said, oh, well, let us send you some samples that are representative of an ilk. And... We thought they were very, very, very good. Yes. <laughs> so we lost that one. Yep. Uh, we lost some others when a broker sold, but that's oh, a story we'll continue. Yes, that is a story we'll continue. The, the, the one for me is what I said to you earlier tonight, which was Springbank were selling casts until the year before we started this company. Like, nothing makes you want to jump off, jump off, jump off a tall building than Springbank telling you 365 days ago we could have sold you one. I will say, in 2012, we bottled a, a 15-year-old Heaven Hill for Jubilee. That was our first oh. um, festival. 2013, sorry. N- nods, oohs, groans <laughs> happening around the room. And, and that was remarkable. They approached us. They wanted to sell to us, right? Because it was the whiskey Jubilee, and they're the Jewish-owned bourbon distillery, right? And they said, we should, we'd love to be a bigger part of this. So they selected, we selected a cast from them. And then in 2014, bourbon kind of really started taking off. We could say even dominated the company. <laughs> <laughs> but you right, could say it teabagged the company. You could say that. Wow. wow. 
<laughs> but I'd say that's that's not just the cask that got away. That's the distillery that yeah. got away, right? Yeah, that's a good observation. Right. I like that a lot. Well, how about this then? Uh, if you were going to give advice to your your single cast nation uh, first year selves, what would it be? <laughs> Start a year earlier. <laughs> You're already too late. But here's, here's the honest answer, and we've, we've covered this in, in other episodes as well, where we, we dealt with what we had in front of us, we took care of what we had in front of us, and we took advantage to some degree of what was available to us. Could we have laid down more casks? Yes. Absolutely, absolutely. But just like we're talking about the cash flow connected to a cask of Kilhoman or Ben Riach or Glen Elgin, we were swinging for casks that we thought were exceptional and would have a place with the nation regardless of that increased price. And so did we tie up cash flow? Yes. Could we have bottled younger stuff and got some cash in and laid down some other things? Yes. But did we bottle the casks that we absolutely wanted to bottle? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Thank you. Thank oh, you, Michael Bloom. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Oh, I've always lived for a spontaneous applause moment. Thank you. It's Thanks. a slow clap. Yeah. Students never gave me nearly as many rounds of applause in the classroom as I thought I deserved. So thank you, Michael Bloom. What about what about you? Is there is there advice looking back ten years in the in the rearview mirror? See, this is this is the part where I feel like Charlie Charlie's just setting it up for me to say things that I wish I would never say. Because <laughs> I'm gonna fucking talk about bourbon. <laughs> I love bourbon. I do love bourbon, Charlie. We never doubted it. It's my seventh favorite drink. <laughs> you, you made that exact joke in the last live podcast with Grammars. Like, you dusted that one off. <laughs> Here's the thing. It's not a joke. It's just a factual statement. Jason, it's been two years. No that, you know? A long so two years. I would have suggested that we buy more and bottle more bourbon earlier. You've I broken would've. them, Charlie. Yeah. You've broken them. The pandemic has and, and broken them. And here's the thing. I'm going to be uh, gracious simple... on this. I'm just going to let that sit. <laughs> it, <laughs> it's, it's for a very simple reason. Like, Jason, you... <laughs> Jason, I think, illustrated it perfectly. I felt like we were Tarzan, you know, swinging from one cast to the next, and that was our cash flow. We never really had the extra cash flow to go a little crazy, to lay down spirit to come up with a, a re-racking program where we can modify the spirits, you know, one way or the other. But if we purchased and bottled more bourbon and sold more of that for a fair price, always for a fair price, that's another thing that we do, always fair price, we would have more cash flow to do more with our first love, which is malt whiskey. So that was both a compliment but a little back backhanded with the yeah, preferred I, spirit. I, I wish we hadn't sold any bottles of the 15-year-old single barrel Heaven Hill. I feel like that was a mistake. 
I, we have a photo, in it, and we've shared it with the nation, where I think there's maybe eight or 12 of those... 12 of them. ...lined up on your deck mm-hmm. rail mm-hmm. in Connecticut, and just thinking what is on that rail now. Well, while we're on this point, right? You know, I was thinking about our old podcast about the bourbon and scotch and everything, and... You know, given that bourbon can only be distilled up to 80% Mm. and scotch can be distilled up to 94.8%, is it fair to say that scotch is more (laughs) vodka-esque? Wow. First he comes... This show is over. (laughs) (laughs) First first he comes for Joshua and then he comes for Jason. Nobody comes for Jason. (laughs) Paul has a question. Please come. No, you, you need a microphone. You need a microphone, Paul. You weren't going to put a dagger in me, Paul. Those eyes only say love. I, I was actually just going to ask Charlie why he hates flavor. But... <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Yeah, why do you hate a diversity of flavor? <laughs> why do you hate why flavor? You flavor? People enough? associate higher distilled alcohol with more flavor. That's true, yeah. <laughs> Son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah. Those numbers, you're also talking about grain whiskey versus single malt scotch. So I feel like we were... Uh, rules are rules, my friend. ...purposely creating a straw man <laughs> on that one. Should we talk about this whiskey? We should talk about literally anything else. <laughs> <laughs> what is this whiskey? So this whiskey, uh, we, we have left Scotland to go to Israel. And we have our three-year-old M&H, peated M&H... Distilled in September 2017, bottled May of 2021, 59.3. This is a first fill bourbon, but this was the first time and the only time that I'm aware of where M&H allowed their peated spirit to be bottled by itself because most of what M&H does is they'll put their whiskey into casks that previously held our bag or Lafroy or you know, some, some Isla distillate. And so this is their actual do you need to, spirit. Do you need to be rebooted? Dis, 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 no, I'm just... uh, I get it. So give this a nose, give this a taste. One of the things that I find so interesting about this particular M&H is this is not Scottish peated malted barley. This is sourced from the Czech Republic. So this is Czech barley, Czech peat, and so very different from a peated scotch. And I think that was part of their approach. Now, they do source peated barley from Scotland, but this one is specifically Czech peat. You could say check yourself before you wreck yourself? Check yourself before you wreck it. Thank you. I was, I, I was with. So, sorry, did you say they, they do the malting themselves as well, or it's malted in Czech? So, so, for the listeners here, the question from Patrick, friend of the pluralized mares, uh, asked if, if uh, M&H do their own malting, or if they buy in the malted barley, and they buy in the malted barley. Most, especially in Israel, there's, like, M&H started whiskey distilling in Israel. It didn't exist before, so there was no malting happening um, in Israel. But, but I think it's so interesting, you know, if, if you're anything like me, and you've gone through Scotch circles, and you've told your friends who are trying to get into this, there's a difference between Highland peat and Isla peat, and here's the differences, and here's the nose, and here's the flavors, and many of you are nodding your head right now. To then walk in the door and have Czech peat. How many times have you had Czech peat before this moment? Less than 20. 
Less than, Less 20. than 20. Right, exactly, <laughs> exactly. I think if Patrick said one, you would have gone over. Price is Right doesn't work here. Yeah, uh, question, oh, come grab yeah. a mic. Come on down. Name and then question. Dun, dun, dun. My name is Jacob. And, Hi, Jacob. Uh, my, I have two quick questions, I hope. Um, <laughs> you sound like Joshua. First, at, at what point do you, bu- do you buy barrels right before they're bottled, or at what point do you buy? It seems like you were saying before, uh, talking about the, like, observing it uh, maturing, so I'm wondering, like, when you buy the bottle. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, that, that is that part one? Uh, was there two parts? Did For you the say moment? There, there, is a, there is a second question. Oh, okay. Oh, so we must answer the first one. Okay. So, yes. Yeah, have a seat. Part two. So, yeah, we, we've talked about this for years. When we first started, we were cherry-picking casks. And so the stories that we get to tell from eight, nine, ten years ago, going into distilleries, us being presented with samples or casks and being told, this is ready for sale. If you want this, it's yours for a price. And we would start tasting that. As time has gone along, we have started laying down some new make spirit, sometimes into casks. I know we're at pro, pro level, pro level. So, and so, for example, when we mentioned earlier about the Aaron that was eight years bourbon and four years Pinot Noir, we then took that empty cask and put lightly peated Aaron new make into that cask. And it's interesting, James Saxon, who's the, one of the blenders with Compass Box, had written a post online talking about Single Cast Nation doing this kind of internal universe where we like to take casks that we've bottled, that we've told one story about, and then put new make into those or finish something in them to then continue telling additional layers of a story. And so we've got this kind of internal working. So, so for example, our you mentioned it earlier, the Catoctin Creek rye that was finished in the Coloman, we then took that empty cask and put new make Catoctin Creek in that. So in a year, 18 months, two years, the angels are a little bit rowdy down in, uh, in eastern, uh, shit, where is it, central Virginia? Central northern Virginia? They're greedy down there. I don't know how many years we're gonna get out of that, but there's a continuation of that story that we were telling in 2022. So, so we like having those opportunities. And then the third and final part to the answer is we've also got a re-racking program going on in Scotland. It's much more difficult when you're not on site doing that and you're putting in requests. Thankfully, we have Jess in Glasgow. She does a lot of work on the re-racking program for us. And so it's, it's another way to, like Joshua was saying earlier, take spirits that are high quality but add a cask layer to them that well, is then... Or even not so high us. quality. Caution. Well, no, I mean, Caution. so, so my, my point is... The you would still, but here's the thing. Go ahead. You would still say the spirit was quality, even this, if the maturation correct. The spirit is quality, it just hasn't reached, reached a flavor that we're looking yeah. for, or like a flavor ride we're looking for. Yeah. We and can't take poor spirit and put it into good wood no, and come you, out with good can't. whiskey. You can't. Uh, no, that is 100% correct. You cannot. But we're at a point now, thank God, where we're not, we still cherry pick casks. We're at a point right He's one now. of our funders, right? What's that? He's one of our funders. Who, God? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, cherry. Out of Israel? <laughs> we're at a point now where we buy far more casks than we cherry pick. 
We still cherry pick, but we've got certain contracts in place where we're buying casks and you buy it with the sense of you get what you get and you don't get upset, right? It's a good price, you bring it into your warehouse, you get a sample of it, you see where it is. Is it ready for bottling? Yes or no? If it's not, then it goes into our re-racking program and then, and then we work on it. It's always quality, it's always decent spirit, but sometimes it's, it's a one note, like a one trick pony or, or something like that. Can we go part two before we come over here or you wanna go over here right, right this now? This is real short, just uh, Mark, who's dialed all the way in from Brasilia in Brazil, Woo! says that uh, this three-year-old is amazingly complex, maybe the most satisfying very young whiskey he's ever had. Damn, that cheers. Is brilliant. Someone wow. back there fell out of their seat after hearing that. <laughs> but, but, but I think just very quickly, and then we'll come back to, to part two with Jacob, but I think Mark here in, in Brazil, I, I think is hitting the nail, the nail on the head, which is just like we did with our Colholman four-year-old back in the day, just like we did with our Virginia Distilling Company five-year-old today, just like we did with our Milk and Honey, our M&H three-year-old, whiskey can be very good at those ridiculous, I'm using air quotes here, those ridiculous young ages, we've just never been trained to accept whiskey at those quote-unquote ridiculous young ages. So the fact that Mark's tasting that with an open palate and an honest heart, cheers. Hashem bless him, that's what I say. That's what they say in Brazil. Yeah, that's what they say in Brazil. Pele was known for saying that. And this is related to that. I, I believe I've seen some other of your M&H picks that are mm -hmm. even younger than three yes. years. Yes, yep. Um, so my question is like, is there a, is there a lower limit or? <laughs> well, yeah. I, well, so for, first off, you know, if it's, scotch, if it's scotch, we couldn't bottle it, right? So, you know, unless it's three years or up. But, you know, we've done two-year-olds from Westland, two-year-olds from Catoctin Creek, and, and those were shining bright. They were, they were gorgeous. I would argue our Catoctin Creek two-year-old is likely the best rye we've ever bottled. I don't like declarative statements like that. <laughs> the best Virginia rye that we've ever bottled. It was the best two-year-old so Virginia far. rye from my... <laughs> is it cracking? 100%. 100%. It's absolutely cracking. Do I love it? Yeah. Yep. Do I drink it in the evening? Would I drink it with potato pizza? <laughs> the answer is yes. I became Dr. Seuss-like there, didn't I? Would I drink it with a pizza? Would I have it in a library? That doesn't rhyme. It doesn't rhyme. <laughs> the answer is no. Yeah. Okay. All right, where are we at? What's it? Is Elijah pouring? Yeah, so... Yeah, oh. So Elijah's going around, and he's pouring you... What's happening? Oh, hold on, hold on. Hold on. I'm ready. Thank you. So Elijah's going around, and he's pouring a 15-year-old Inchfad. And so Inchfad is a, is a spirit uh, produced by Loch Lomond. Inch, Loch Lomond produces 14 different kinds of distillate across their three different kinds of stills, column stills, Lohman stills, and, and pot stills. And this is their double distilled, heavily peated spirit from their Lohman stills. But this one, I think, does a really good job of illustrating what Jason was talking about, where we use casks that we've previously used and give them new life. So mm. with this one, we got, a, we got this cask, a 15-year-old inch fat that was good. But we had just bottled a Pendaren eight-year-old that that cask was Grand Cru Bordeaux. 
And so we put the heavily peated inch fad into a cask that was Grand Cru Bordeaux that previously held hyper fruity Pendaren whiskey. And so that's what we're looking for, right? That's the balance we're looking for. It doesn't drink like a heavily peated. It doesn't drink like a heavily peated. I like that. I'll be the judge of that. Oh, that's not bad. It's a, it's a softer pungency, a softer onion bagel. This is like a pro-made onion bagel and not a supermarket, pre-sliced yeah. stuff. <laughs> this, is, this is a pro-onion bagel. It's also quite fruity. I was going to say with some apricots. Yeah, yeah with some apricots, so says Bonnie, Bonnie Nolan. apricots, I yeah. like that. Onion and apricot marmalade. Wow. No argument from me. I would take that. I'm on board. Put that in a bagel. I'm your man. Mm. Oh, that. So this is a thing that we say at, at tastings early and often. Is we will go months and in the last couple of years, years, between selecting a cask, bottling a cask, and having it available for sale, there are casks that we don't even taste. Like this Westport, I'm tasting it with you for the second time since we selected it, right? This inch fad, I don't have a bottle of this in my house. Oh, because the retail. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Right? Yeah. I haven't I haven't been doing tastings. Oh, wow. Look at Elijah of this. He's shaking his head with <laughs> But oh. go on oh. Elijah, come oh. on in. The water's lovely. The water's lovely. Elijah. Elijah. So Briefly, um, my history with Single Cast Nation, my first love with Single Cast Nation was the retail releases. That was my first exposure. And something that makes me very proud about this inch fad is the bridging, and you might have mentioned this earlier, but the bridging of the online Mm -hmm. release with the Pandaren Mm -hmm. and the retail release. I think sometimes there's... You know, people are exposed one way or the other. Yeah, yeah. So um, I think that's selling and tasting and sharing these whiskeys with with the nation that yeah. are like projects that we worked on and like came to to fruition gets me really excited. So this is a special pour. And shame on you for not having a bottle. I know, right? hundred percent shame on me. But but I think this is a hundred percent what we were saying to Jacob Gosh. over here. Someone with a really small penis is outside. I don't know if you guys can hear that. It is also a really small bicycle. He's actually just making those noises with his mouth. Yeah, he's on one of those scooters that you rent. I don't know what he's doing. Two people just left to go to a Justin Bieber concert. So obviously you guys. Wow. Oh, was that them? Is that the ride? Well, two people left to go to a Justin Bieber concert, and that's yeah. their right. Okay. They're... I like that with this group, we're beating Justin Bieber. <laughs> wow, what a, what a marriage. <laughs> Cheers. But, but Jacob, to your point here, and, and exactly to what Elijah reminded us here, is that Pendaren that was online that was remarkably successful and sold out in four minutes, four eight minutes, minutes yeah, ten minutes for a Welsh single malt. To be able to take that and continue telling an online story and bring it into retail and have Nation members who follow Nation releases the way that Michael Nolan does, the way that Debbie does, right? The way that multiple people in this room do, right? 
It allows us to feed a little bit back into that nerdum while bringing out that singular moment in time. And again, I'm not trying to use the word unique, but you know, clearly taking our grand crew Bordeaux Pendering cask. Well, suddenly a very loud. Did well, you turn it, me way up? No, I did was turn I you up a little bit. Wow. Just in case. Whoever went wow, to the Justin really Bieber loud. concert was making a ton of noise because yeah. it just got really quiet in here. So, but, but that's the continuation, Jacob, right? And so you can see that like single cast nation universe within, folding in within itself. Uh, Paul, you had a question? Yeah. Okay. Oh, can Paul get a question? Yeah, Paul, Come on, Paul. Uh, with a question, and then... Nolan's, we, Nolan's sober. Going He's not going to tell us what to do. He's not going to tell us what to do. This was actually a suggestion. All right. I think the word we're looking for may be distinct mm. as an analog of unique. Distinct. Mm. Mm. Look at the big thesaurus oh. on Paul. Oh. Oh, thank oh. you, sir. Distinct. Oh, thank that's you. That's brilliant. Oh. Thank you. Okay, that will, that will lead us into our next segment beautifully. Oh, oh right. Yep. We're ready if you are, Charlie. Okay. Charlie, you're going to need your microphone for this. It's all right. It's right here. So uh, we really wanted to do something special to celebrate the 10-year, uh, or at least 10-year observed <laughs> celebration of Single Cast Nation. So we'd been talking with Elijah for a while about doing a drammer single barrel of Single Cast Nation. And... Uh, and I understand that, that you actually picked this out for us. Um, I did. I did indeed. You want to you wanna reveal the good news? <laughs> no. <laughs> and that's all we're going to have for tonight. Thank you, guys. <laughs> that's far too much pressure. You reveal the news. Don't forget to tip your wings. So, uh, thanks to, yeah, because I got a lot of free hands. That's cool. Um, <laughs> we can take glasses out of your hands. <laughs> you don't need to, you don't need to all put right. all of these. Um, thanks to... <laughs> Here, I'll hold it. All right, I got it. Uh, these guys very generously are going to let us um, get the, the opportunity to buy this Inchgower uh, distilled in 2011. Yeah, which one? Uh, November, and uh, it was drawn in, it looks like, March or yep. May of yep, 22. So uh, just a little bit over 10 years, it was matured in a sherry hogshead. And so I thought maybe to do the honors to kind of give the, uh, the sign-off... Could I invite uh, Michael and Elhan to come up here and uh, get, say we're giving the thumbs up on this? I'll get one more glass for it. Michael. All right, so Elhan and Michael are oh, sauntering up. Oh, so Elhan, there's a, a mic for you. And then Michael. It feels strange not having Charlie involved in this. Exactly. Charlie ran off. Charlie. Come on, let's check. Right. Come on. All right. So what do we do now? Do we get undressed? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> that's never <laughs> happened that's between all of us. No, yeah, that's never. A, it seems natural. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'll go anywhere with this guy. <laughs> all right. That's dangerous. <laughs> What'd you get? What'd you get on the nose? Cherries. Oh, cherries. Rich, like syrupy. You know. Very syrupy. Good yep. weight to it. Good heft. Oh, there's a... I'm getting a, I'm getting a like memory of grape soda. Jason and Joshua may be giving a little context to this, because I know it said Sherry Hogshead, but this was um, first matured in refill bourbon, 
And then we, Single Cast Nation, transfer this into a first fill sherry hogshead. Specifically so, Spanish oak. From Miguel, Miguel Martin. Martin. Yeah, so, special cask here. But I think when you pass the sherry and the richness, I, th- I get like a Grand Manier. There's like an orange liqueur oh, at the nice. back. And I, I feel. Wait till you taste it. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> nice. I didn't taste it yet. Yeah, I know. Oh. That's what I was saying. Yeah. Wait till you taste it. Yeah. What were you saying, Charlie? I say p- part of what gives me a lot of comfort is it, it looks like a bourbon. <laughs> Thank God well, it doesn't taste like one. Thank God. Elijah will tell but, you in the conversation we had, I said, I've got a single malt scotch that looks just like a bourbon that will be perfect for Charlie. Charlie, it tastes a lot better. That's the best compliment for a bourbon. It looks kind of like this, and that's where it ends. You know? yeah, the, the nose, though, with the cherry on the nose, yeah. I would say the cherry could be a crossover point for a bourbon. Right? He just said it could be Stag Jr. Oh, right. There you go. Strand. All right. So are we about to taste it? I haven't tasted it yet. I'm not going to it. I have not tasted this since it's been in the sherry cask, so this is a first. Yeah, it's rich. It's unctuous. The the wood, again, just like on the nose, where there's the sherry, but it doesn't overtake the spirit. On the palate, there's wood, but it doesn't overtake the spirit. Every time I'm going to drink this... I'm going to picture Jason licking a candle, I think. <laughs> I, I thought you were gonna say I thought you were gonna say you're gonna picture Jason naked, but you know. No, no, no. <laughs> well it's all you know it's, so, it's dangerously close to that. What I what I love about this particular cast, having just tasted it for the first time, personally, is it any r- scream to the rooftops if you've had an inch gower before. Yeah. Oh. yeah. yeah. So three people raise their hands. <laughs> yeah. um, here's the thing about Inchgower Spirit: is it tastes, it has an incense quality to it. It's like an Indian spice yeah. bazaar with yeah. incense, yeah. and that that character still comes through despite the sherry influence, despite that bourbon-like color to it. Yeah, Inchgower is both spicy and malty, and I think your sense of of incense is, is spot on. It speaks to that spice of it. Yeah. But again, you know, we've got other casts of Inchgower that are far spicier than this. This one, I think, just it plays so nicely with other flavors that everything comes together. We talked about that with the Catoctin Creek back when we were sampling from the cask. There were moments when it hadn't fully come together. This shows that moment when yeah. you get a full... 360 degree pizza pie yeah, and all go. the components are working together. There you go. What, what I so like cheers. also about this, th- this is getting, this is layered, this is changing, mm-hmm. like if it sits in the glass I don't get the same nose that I was getting. Absolutely. You know, it, it has different flavors built to it. It's a complex very, very beautiful whiskey. Yeah, cheers. So, so the cheers, question Elhan. is, when, when do uh, Elhan and Mies have to start writing checks to get bottles? <laughs> <laughs> And the f- when will, I know you, it's always hard to tell. Yeah. When do you guess this will arrive? Fall. 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 The question was, when Good. do we guess this will arrive? Fall, Fall. will be if all the stars align. Uh, There's no reason why those stars wouldn't Fall align. Fall of 2022, uh-huh. right? Well, I didn't say a year. Yeah. I didn't say a year. <laughs> I knew there was a year. <laughs> all right, so uh, I guess then, Elon and Michael, what do you say? Uh, should we take it? <laughs> I, I think you, it's sold already. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's already if, sold if out. If Demers so. doesn't take it, these guys are going to bottle it. Exactly. No, honestly, though, uh, you need <laughs> Thank you. We're, we're honestly, it's, uh, it's a huge honor for us to be able to do that and celebrate your guys' 
10 slash 11 years and uh, really thank you. It's an honor. Thank you. You're, you're, yeah. uh, thank you. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, happy anniversary, dear. Happy anniversary, dear. <laughs> Everyone, uh, one more second because uh, we're pouring a, uh, an extra pour which people online will not have. Sorry on people online. But uh, this is uh, for my personal collection and I brought it tonight so that I could carry on a tradition from One Nation that Jason has started. <laughs> and it's a, a game he's been playing with Michael Jackson's book. But I'm taking a little twist on it. Tonight it's going to be called, What's Your Whiskey? <laughs> name your whiskey, I should say. Name oh, your whiskey. Oh, boy, name your whiskey. So, okay, so, so tell us, do we, so we have to I'm name the distillery? I'm not, I'm not going to tell you anything more. <laughs> Right it's your, it's, but, but I can what? tell you this much, you put it in a bottle. Oh no, this oh, is single cast nation? This is single oh, cast nation. No. So. I have already embarrassed myself <laughs> in LA doing this, and so, now I'm going to embarrass myself in Chicago doing this. I was going to let you take a nose oh, no. off of it. Do you have a clean glass? Because I just did the Inchgower and Heavy Sherry. Yeah. yeah. Uh, excuse me. Is that the glass? Oh, so, can we call so this? You start nosing it, and, and then... Can, we'll go from there. Can we, Charlie, really quickly, can we name this Drammers in the Angry Inch Gower? <laughs> yes. yes. Oh, All right. I, Charlie, I like yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> wow, that was good. Thank you. I'd say I'm here all week, but I'm not. I fly home on the, on the Friday. Um, Elhan gave me his glass, and so I've got this. All right, got so... That. So, I can't believe you're doing this to us, so Nolan. This is, this is the coolest fucking bottling. shit This is going. a single cast nation bottling. Oh, and yeah, I, I, I'll, I'll tell you more as we go on, but I want to start with... Well, just, it, knows it and, just knows it and let me know what you think. Okay. So it's obviously peated. <laughs> peated? So I, I saved it for the end for that. Okay. It's Highland peat. It's, it's not oh, Highland peat. Oh, that said with far too much confidence. What have we learned from our blind tastings, Joshua? <laughs> is we say nothing with full confidence. I have the confidence of a middle-aged white yes, man. Yes, you do. I, yes, you yeah. do. It's overflowing. <laughs> Good nasal texture. Elijah's already giving me guesses in the background here, so. Uh -huh. What so did you think, my, Elijah? My, what did you think? Michael. Elijah knows our catalog better than we do. I'm guessing the Laughing Frog 28 year. Oh, nope. interesting. Nope. Oh, I, that's, that didn't no. come to my mind. No. I don't think so, but now you have me totally yeah, second right. guessing. Totally and maybe it totally is. <laughs> I was going to ask if it was laughing, but. Yeah. It's not the. Oh, shit. So, so Paul, uh, the first hint for the evening is this is a whiskey you have not had. Oh, jeez. And I can give other hints, but I'm worried that I'm going to give it oh, away. Okay. So. Hold on. I'm surprised. I went in for the tea. Are you yeah. still confident in your Highland Pea? <laughs> like, I'm not. You really owned that. I really did. I need to stop owning things. A hundred percent. I've been telling you this for years. Stop owning this company. You've got to waffle like a philosopher. Oh, you have to waffle like a philosopher. This is more near your yeah, territory. I would say Close. fuck that guy, but fuck Paul. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I knew this was going to be difficult, and I did pick a difficult whiskey. The ABV on it seems to be high 40s and potentially very low 50s. Would that be fair? 
Um, no comment. Ah, oh, Jesus. You got to lead yeah, the witness. It's in my head. So, uh, what, who? Oh, it's Patrick. Not, it's so not Patrick, bourbon. Very good. You, Very good. you had asked before about what textures we like. This has that oily texture with that effervescent thing going on. This is, I know why we selected this one. <laughs> my, not, to, not to lead the witness, but my mind is moving towards one of our Lefroigs. Okay. One of our Lefroigs. I feel like Elijah is leading the witness. <laughs> but I already answered that, that question. Not that one. <laughs> no, it's not, it's not one of our young... Oh, it's not one of our younger... Shit, I'm making a do you very declarative statement. Do you remember statement. our 10-year-old for retail? Yes, but that was a fruit bomb. I'm not getting the massive fruit on But this. you're not getting coastal sea breeze either. Oh, that's a good point. <laughs> it's, it's a confusing whiskey, intentionally picked for that reason. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> you. You coughed all the way through the recording and then you picked a purposely difficult whiskey for us? That's why you love me. Son of a bitch. <laughs> that is why I love you, Michael Nolan. Uh, Michael oh. Dad Nolan. <laughs> this is a beautiful whiskey, though. I mean, it's really it just I it's I so would, elegant. I would say I would bottle this again. Well, I know that... Uh, have I had, had it, it before? Yeah, yeah, you have. Okay, I have had it before. <laughs> yes. Um, we have had this before. Right? We yes, have we, this have before. The, we, we have this. had this. So we have you had have this. bottled this, you okay. have had this, yes. Isn't <laughs> okay. that from some random but, um, cast sample I sent you? Bloom might have had this, but I don't think anyone else in this room oh, has. Okay, so you break it out for special occasions. I opened this bottle for tonight to share with everyone. Oh, you just opened it. So, he's had one from someone else's bottle. All right. I'm not going to tell you how many bottles are released, because that would also give away the show. I, I, would, I would not help in the slightest. It would oh, help me. Because well, if you told me numbers. the price on it, that would help a whole lot. If I told you the price, you'd know it instantly. Is it okay. in the 160 realm? I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm going to go down in flames. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick to this being our Lefroig tab. Oh, I'm gonna, that's okay, interesting. I'm going to give you the next yeah. clue. The next yeah. clue. Okay. Yeah. This is a blended whiskey. Okay, uh, I know uh, what it is. I know what it is. And only, only thanks yeah. to Elijah. Is, well, is this the blended malt nine from Williamson? This is not the blended malt nine from Williamson. No. No. There, that's why it's no. so this is, this is a blended whiskey no. that um, I, I was no. uh, a part of helping the blend. Holy shit. Wow. Okay. Wow. So, so. So, <laughs> so is this the Great Isla Swim? Yeah. Wow. Wow. To 2017. So, okay. So, wow. ladies and gents. Yes. Now, yeah, tell, the story. Tell, tell the story behind it. That is remarkable. Remarkable. So, listen. In 2017, hold on, in 2022, I hugged Michael Nolan, or I tried to. He just walked away from me. Oh. That's cool. Wow. Oh, hug Bonnie. Oh. Come here, Bonnie. You want to talk about a near divorce night, Charlie? Wow. This would be a night I could tell you about. So, in 2017, Jason and I sponsored three swimmers to swim around Isla. It's a hundred mile swim around the island and the idea is they did it over eight days and each day they collected whiskey from all eight Isla distilleries and we put all of that whiskey together into a Kilhoman quarter cask 
I will tell you some of the things that are in this blend. 17-year-old triple distilled Brooklati from a PX cask. 10-year-old Kilhoman from a first fill bourbon barrel. What else is in there? There's a lot of Arbeg in there. <laughs> I'll be honest, I wasn't listening because Michael Nolan was giving me the package. Oh, By the man. way, Bino points out it was two people because Johnny was there too. Two swimmers. Three, three swimmers. swimmers. Three swimmers. Yeah, no, three swimmers. But Johnny was one said. of three them. Three swimmers. Yeah. Johnny made the third. Bino, come on. Come on, dude. Johnny <laughs> made the third. He wasn't scheduled. He became the third. Bino, do better. And so, so listen, we would not have been able to do this if we didn't bring people like Michael onto the Great Isla Swim Tour Bino. and like Bino, like Lindo and, and many others. And we... And Ben Weldy, and we did not make a single penny off this. All of the profit was given to RNLI Isla, Royal National Lifeboat Institute for Isla. So, we, I, like I was saying to Michael Bloom earlier, I, I, I've lived my entire life for a spontaneous round of applause. Joshua and I, on Isla, filled out a giant check. And we took it to the guys at the RNLI who are just salt of the earth Isla dudes who go out in boats and rescue people at sea. And they were like, the fuck are you doing with the big check? <laughs> and to their credit, to their credit, they said, let's go take a photo next to the lifeboat. And we have the photo next to the lifeboat. I didn't double check it's, the yeah, packaging. Yeah, I think it's in, it's in the package. It might be so in, yeah, please check out the Oh uh, no, it can packaging. be, it can be, because we took the photo when we presented the check and the bottles on Isla. Sure. Well, anyway, check out the packaging, either way. Check out your package? Hey now. Oh, there, <laughs> for the hug. I thought it'd be a fun bottle to bring out tonight. So. Yeah. A very fun Thank bottle, you. yeah. It's not one that we drink on an everyday basis, so. So listen, oh, my daughter's calling me. <laughs> She's saying, Dad, it's time to end the podcast. So listen, People everybody. People at Drammers are posting please, on social media. I, I need everybody's attention. Please, please, please give a round of applause to Warehouse Liquors. Zach Ryder, Gene Charnas. Thank you so much for taking up far too much time here. Uh, give a round of applause for Drammers, for Charlie, for Michael, Michael for Ilhan, for, for our own beloved Elijah in Seattle. But, and especially to Elhan, who really took the lead in setting up tonight. Cheers, yeah. Elhan. Thank ahead you of our so Chicago much. Thank you, thank you, yeah. thank you. And then finally... Give a round of applause for yourselves. Thank you so much Cheers, for coming out. And to you, online, online, we thank you. That's it. Two chins. Two chins. Two chins.